Welcome to Texas History Lessons. This is Lesson 3, The First Texans, Part 1, in which we finally do some time traveling. We're going to look back. I've been promising that we're going to start digging actually into the past, and in this one I'm not going to let you down because we're going way back. But before I get into it, I want to talk a little bit to set context for why I find this so fascinating. I've always been fascinated by the wilderness. Stories of people living in the wild, surviving by the fruits of this, their labors, and with nothing to rely on. One of my favorite shows is one that's on the History Channel, and its name is Alone. And it's a show, the premise of which is where they take up to about 10 people, individuals, and they set them out alone in a remote area, and they have to survive for as long as they can. And now these are people that are actually prepared for this. They're trained for it. Sometimes they're military vets, uh, special forces. They know what they're doing. There are other people that are just wilderness lovers and live on the land almost full time. There are people that specialize in ancient methods for survival. So they're not ill-equipped for this. They are people that actually are very interested in it, and they are really good at it, and they, they pursue it all the time in their lives as much as they can back at their home, wherever their home may be. The show has been filmed on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. It's been at Patagonia, Argentina, Northern Mongolia in Asia, and the last two seasons have been in the Northwest Territories of Canada in the Arctic uh, near the Great Slave Lake. Now, these people are allowed to bring 10 things with them. Most of them bring something called a fire stick, which makes it easier to cast sparks and start a fire. Um, a lot of them will bring a bow, um, pieces of wire with which they can make snares and build things that they need, tools that they need. And then listen to a number of things like tarps and, of course, sleeping bags, and they have worn clothes. But they're all alone. And for the most part, if they make it through 60 days before they have to tap out due to either they win, everybody else fails, or they have to get pulled for medical reasons, these are experts and they don't make it that long. Now, the current season that I'm watching, I'm enjoying, it's a setup to where if they can make it 100 days, they win a million dollars. And it's really wild watching these people try to survive on their own, find food, whether it be fishing, hunting. Basically, they're going back and being hunter-gatherers. And these are people that know what they're doing. They really know what they're doing, and it's very, very difficult. Now I want you to imagine going back to a time so far distant we can't really even imagine what it was really like but imagine you're living with a band of 20 30 40 people most of them you're related to or are tied to mar with marriage possibly up to 60 people in the band men women children and you're traveling and all you do is travel after big game mammoths and giant megafauna and you hunt them with tools that you make by hand, you wear clothes that you make by hand, 
from the animals that you kill using tools that you make from them and with stone. You have the ability to make fire and you're traveling along and you find yourself in this immense corridor between these giant walls of ice anywhere from a mile to two and a half miles high and you're pursuing your life and you're traveling through this corridor and all of a sudden it opens up and the land opens up and you find yourself no longer constricted by the ice and you're allowed to then move out and pursue your life with your family and friends and continue to try to survive. Now, I, as like I said, have always been fascinated with survival and stories of survival in the wilderness. I don't presume at all to think I would last a hundred days in the, in the Yukon or the Northwest Territories by myself. I probably wouldn't make it five days to be dead serious here. But that gives me so much respect for the people that were able to do it 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 years ago that actually did do this. It makes me have immense respect for their knowledge and abilities to think and solve problems and adapt. I have immense respect for their toughness and ingenuity and ability to work together to face terrible odds against enormous creatures. And so that's where we're going to begin. We're going back to the beginning of the first peoples in the Americas. And we're going to take a look at it and how eventually people, they reached Texas. So here we go. Texas History Lessons, Lesson 3, The First Texans, Part 1. I'm saying Part 1 because I already know that as I was doing this, it was already getting too long. And uh, by the end of this, we had just barely reached Texas by the time I get done with this this part. Um, So the next part, Part 2 of The First Texans, will definitely be taking a look at uh, closer detail of life in, in the actual boundaries of what is now Texas. Um, this first lesson is taking a pretty big look at how we got here. Where did the first Texans come from? And there's lots of different competing theories. Um, I am not an expert in archaeology or anthropology or any of this. As I said in the very first ep- lesson, first episode of Texas History Lessons, A lot of the things I'm going to be sharing here are things I'm learning or relearning. Uh, This one is a lot of just learning because what I was taught when I was in school uh, back in the 70s and 80s and 90s was a lot different than what's coming to light now. The field of archaeology is amazing. And other than the fact that I love Indiana Jones and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, I I always kind of thought about wanting to be an archaeologist because he made it look like so much fun. Um, but I joke there, but it, the field of archaeology is very exciting to me. And I've been, uh, from afar, paying a lot of attention to it, especially in the last few years. It's something that there's always something new being discovered. They're finding out new things. They're finding out how to now search because, as we're going to see in this lesson, because sea levels were so low, people lived farther out in areas 
along coasts that are now covered with water, covered with sand and silt. And we are now finding actual sites. Uh, recently, they found an Aboriginal site off of Australia, I believe it was, where they could find, show that where people had lived there thousands of years ago, back when sea levels were lower. So it's exciting. But let's get into this. Odds are everyone will recognize these names. Pocahontas, Crazy Horse, Cochise, Chief Joseph, Red Cloud, Sitting Bull, definitely Geronimo, and Tecumseh. And odds are you've probably heard of these people too I'm about to name. Ira Hayes, Black Hawk, Jim Thorpe, uh, Will Rogers, Sacagawea, Satantis, a tank. Maybe not them. Lone Wolf, maybe. Quanta Parker. If you're from Texas, you've definitely have heard of uh, Quanta Parker. And you more than likely have come across the names Lone Wolf, Satank, and Satanta, or Sitting Bear and White Bear, as they were also known. You're probably even familiar with actor Benjamin Bratt. But have you heard of astronaut John Harrington? Artist R.C. Gorman? Sculptor Alan Hauser, Dr. Susan LaFleche, how about the authors N. Scott Momaday or Stephen Graham Jones? How about representatives Deb Howland and Sharice Davids, the first Native American women to be elected to the United States Congress in its 230-year history? The list can just go on and on, but they all share one common trait, living at different times and being from different tribes. They all share the trait of being descended from the first peoples to inhabit the Americas. Some of the questions people from the old world across the sea had upon encountering the Native Americans in 1492 and after was, who are these people? Where do they come from? How do they relate to us? Now, Native peoples in the 19th century would have answered it pretty simply. Uh, they had a number of different creation myths that they, they could have shared. Most would have in some way had an answer that tied them to the land in which they lived. The land was the center of their world. And many tribal names that they had for themselves identified themselves as the people or the true humans or the real people. Each tribe signifying themselves as being the true people. And a lot of the different tribes shared the similar belief that the land gave life to the people. Therefore, the people believed that in an effort to maintain harmony, they needed to practice proper conduct and thinking and right thoughts. That's why certain traditions and practices were so important. Uh, for many, there were stories of coming out of a cave or a hole in the ground. We'll look into the actual some, uh, Texas tribes creation stories later on. Does that coming out of a cave and a hole in the ground sound crazy or far-fetched? Easily dismissed or expected from a primitive people? Let's not be too quick on dismissing this. I'm not here to dismiss anybody's beliefs. Um, some people still argue that they have always lived. They did come here from the land here in, in North America. And I'm not here to besmirch anybody. So let's not be too quick to dismiss the native creation stories. I mean, had you asked the Scottish Christian immigrant to the United States the same question in the 19th century, they would have said they were from Scotland, where all of their ancestors had been from. And if pushed harder about where all men came from, they would have said that they were descended from a man named Adam. 
who had been created one day in the six days taken to create the universe about 6,000 years ago by the hands of God out of the soil of the earth. And his wife, Eve, the first woman, who had been created out of one of his ribs. They lived in a paradise until a talking snake tricked them into breaking one of the very two simple rules they had to live by. Sounds crazy and far-fetched. There are a lot of people across the United States right now that would have given the same answer and without a doubt in their minds that they're correct. A little bit more on that. A Viking would have given us a story about Odin and the Norse gods around the world. And around the world throughout time, people would have normally answered that they were from where they lived, had always lived, and that was where their ancestors had always lived. It's pretty much how I would answer today, except for having the luxury of internet uh, genealogical research that ties my family to Scotland and England. I can't tell you how I got got here much farther than that um, because we have short memories, it seems. Uh, we seem to be cursed with that, and that's why history is important because I think we need to look back and try to, to build the stories um, and fill them in so we know what actually did happen. So I'm not here to, like I said, to insult anybody's beliefs. But we're going to take a little bit different tact when looking at where the first peoples came from. So when we get into the lives of the various native tribes of Texas, we're going to take a look at some of their creation stories. But for now, we're going to jump ahead and shift a little bit more. Now, back throughout the time from the first contact to now, there have been lots of different theories about where the native peoples of America actually came from, originated from. Some argue that they had come from Egypt. Others say that they came from China. Some said, hey, could they be descended from Phoenician or Greek seamen, ancient Odysseuses that never made it home? There was a 19th century Irish nobleman, Viscount Kingsborough. He spent a fortune trying to prove that they were the lost tribe of Israel. There's also a Welsh myth, a legend, that they said, what if they are descendants of Madoc or Madog, a Welsh prince who, according to legend, traveled west 300 years before Columbus? Did they come from the lost continents of Atlantis in the Atlantic or Mu in the Pacific? Some people still try to push some of these theories. But where did they come from? Had they always lived in the Americas? If not, where did they live before? The answer lies in the collective history of all humanity, an ongoing scientific discovery of new facts that is still teaching us exciting new things every year. And I'm going to borrow the explanation offered by Alvin M. Josephi, a great historian who did much in his work to give respect to the Native American peoples and share their stories and encourage them to share their voice in their telling their stories. Respectfully acknowledging the tribal creation stories and less respectfully putting aside the various European theories, he argued that it is best to say what seems closest to the revealed truth of scientific study, that they are descended from nomadic hunters moving through parts of the hemisphere in pursuit of Pleistocene animals more than 10,000 years ago. 
I'll give credit to Josephi here for being open enough to saying more than 10,000 years ago, because today he would not have been out of line to suggest that it was more than 30,000, 40,000, and even possibly 50,000. Um, some on the fringe of accepted archaeology, as we're seeing, it's, it's a very controversial subject. Therefore, that's why I'm only going to be painting this this parts of this lesson are very broad strokes because it's not concrete knowledge. It's all mostly theories based on what evidence we have. Some people even argue that they have found evidence of humans being in North America 120,000 years ago. Very controversial um, site that this is talking about. Some people are convinced it is tr provable. And a lot, most archaeologists are saying, well, we don't really know what to say about that yet. Let's get into a little bit more detail. Since writing only became a method of recording events about 5,000 years ago, to time travel far into the distant past, historians must rely on the inquisitive minds of others who specialize in geology, archaeology, anthropology, paleontology, and biology, and other fields that I don't even know the names of. All those fields are exciting areas and because they're always making new discoveries. And they often find things that contradict pre previous ideas. One of the first long held since the 1930s, for decades we were taught one thing. And we're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we get there, I want to say one more thing. And it deals with the idea of perspective of time. And I'm saying this because I'm very guilty of it myself. And when, oh, yeah, so you jump ahead to 1 million years ago to two million, uh, to 500,000 years ago. That's a 500,000 year, year gap. When you really think about how long this time is that we're talking about, even when you're talking about 10,000 to 5,000 years, it's a lot of time. But we kind of, when we talk about the past, especially ancient history, I have a tendency to lose sight about how immense of amount of time it is myself. So let me reiterate, when speaking in deep geologic time, we speak of millions of years, billions of years. And the closer we get to the present, it shortens to thousands of years or hundreds of thousands of years. And then when we get even closer, of course, we're talking decades and centuries and 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 just like years as the, the way we deal with our life now. So it's it's easy to lose sight in the immensity of time that we are talking about. Example, the European settlement of the Americas began just over 500 years ago. And we have thousands and thousands of books of recorded history just on that 500 years, half a millennium. Now consider this, the first peoples of the Americas have lived here up to a hundred times longer than this, a hundred times longer than Europeans have lived here. That's a big number. There's, that's one of the sad things about this is because we don't have records or very good records, archaeology and anthropology and all the different ologies. They're trying to paint the picture and show us what it was like. But we don't get to know the names of these peoples. But we're constantly, they're doing a really good job and we're constantly learning more about how they lived. But like I said, we'll get into that. 
the history of the nation of the United States of America could have been repeated 200 times, 200 times in the same time period that they have lived here. So a change of belief that the first inhabitants arrived 6,000 years ago to 12,000 years ago to 20,000 years ago to 50,000 years ago is extremely significant. It's a matter of generations and generations and generations of human beings living in the Americas. And we're still finding out new things. The point of this is that we should try to keep this matter of time and the shift of one thing to another in thousands of years in context. I'm going to try, if you will, with me. So, let's begin our journey through hundreds and thousands and millions and billions of years. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. 13.8 billion years ago, there was nothing and then there was something. Okay, I'm not really going to put you through that. 4.6 billion years ago, our home, planet Earth, took form. We're just going to kind of skim through it. The first life on Earth probably has started appearing about 4 billion years ago. Single-celled creatures and organic matter evolved. Original microorganisms were followed by primitive plants like seaweed. Then came the invertebrate animals without backbones like jellyfish and worms. Time passes. Lots of time passes. Like I said, we're going from billions now down to 300 million years ago. We see the arrival of vertebrates, amphibians, followed by reptiles, birds, and finally mammals who, for the past 60 million years, have dominated the Earth. Uh, the age of the dinosaurs, if you aren't familiar with that, that was 251 million years ago. And the first mammals show, started showing up about 195 million years ago. And then there was an extinction event at the end of the Cretaceous period. 65 million years ago. And this is what brought about the end of the dinosaurs. And more and more I see people saying it was, they're very convinced it was a massive meteor impact in Mexico's, or what it would be modern Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. It was a impact that caused a mile-high tsunami. It sparked wildfires and released billions of tons of sulfur into the atmosphere. It's believed that the sun was pretty much blotted out for years because of this which is what they're saying watch out the, di the dinosaurs uh, there were dinosaurs in Texas but we're not going to talk about them today about 4 million years ago Australopithecus began their 2 million years of roaming the African plains and that gets us up to the Pleistocene the time in which early humans spread throughout the world and into North America at the at the end of their migrations. Now, this is a long period. Like I said, we're going from 2.6 million years ago to 11,700 years ago. It was a time where there were six to seven glacial periods and five to six interglacial periods. Currently, we're in an interglacial period that started about 11,000 years ago. This appeared called the Holocene. The, the humans started somewhere in that about two million years ago. We were evolving and came to being in the African continent 500,000 years ago. Lots of time passing here. It takes this kind of stuff that we're talking about. It takes lots of time. Homo erectus rose and surpassed Australopithecus with twice the brain capacity of Australopithecus 
and Homo erectus's brain capacity was just two-thirds of ours. We know that they colonized into Eurasia. They had hand axes that could be used as knives, scraper, awls, and of course as an axe. They fed on deer, rhinos, pigs, elephants, buffaloes, hippos, antelopes, and gazelles. They hunted in groups, which means they needed to have some efficient group organizational and action skills along with and requiring some kind of communication. Some think that they had a reverence for the dead and they had the use of fire, which revolutionized life and made it even more possible to migrate elsewhere. And so about 300,000 years ago, groups of Homo sapiens evolved at the same time all over Africa instead of maybe in one primary location. One papers argues that instead of just one little spot in Africa, it's kind of like a, a over in different places that happened. They would have interacted with each other as they moved around the continent. So instead of emerging in one area in eastern or southern Africa and then spreading from there, distantly related groups of humans across the continents could have become more similar over time. And so people started spreading out throughout the, the world. And that gets us to the period that we're going to focus on right now, though. The last glacial period lasted from about 115,000 years ago to 11,700 years ago. And this is the period that gets us to humanity's arrival to the Americas. And that's where the main focus will be on the rest of this lesson. Sorry, it's taken me a little while to get there. I just wanted to, like I said, provide the big picture context. And I, I hope I did okay with that. And we're going to let this be the end of the lesson for today. Originally, it was recorded at over an hour. I've decided to split it into two. Next week, you'll get the next lesson that is the summation of this week's start, introduction, and it will wrap everything up, tie everything together. I have the intent of trying to keep episodes a little bit shorter. Definitely don't want to try to hit that hour mark. I want to be able to keep the stories and lessons a little bit shorter than that. Um, if you prefer longer ones, though, let me know. You can follow me on Twitter, Texas History Lessons. It's at Texas History L. That has a capital T H and capital L in that. You can email the show at on Gmail Texas History Lessons at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. And you can follow us on Facebook, and I'm I'm thinking about working out a little website that will have some show notes and some links to interesting articles and some other cool stuff. Nothing fancy, but just something that can be used as an additional resource to the show. So, I appreciate you listening. Adios. Adios.